0: Hey guys, welcome back to the OPD Podcast with Joe and Austin. We have no guests this week and we don't have a topic either. We're just going to do one of those um, episodes that we just kind of ramble um, whatever off the top of our heads. Um, do you know what's just come to me? Do you remember when we used to do these episodes and people really enjoyed them? But we haven't done one for a long time, so I think it'd be cool. Yeah, we
1: had a, we've had we had a pretty good stint of guests, I think, for the last couple months, probably. Mm. yeah
0: i really enjoyed that q a that we did um
1: yes yep people like you know probably one of the most requested things i get on my uh not my q a but when i post off season updates is can you do a day of eating or a day in the life video type thing Mm. i every single time i get at least a few people that ask it and it just makes me realize like people just love that shit. They just want to know what you're doing.
0: i tell you what, on that note, you, um, in fact, you know, you posted your diet up earlier this week.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, a very untraditional diet.
0: You know, Callum posted it in our group chat like Austin is an animal.
1: It was... Uh... I got some mixed comments. Like, I, I I got a few messages, like people that DM'd me, and they just didn't quite understand some of the things I was doing. Like why? And I think one of the things that is important to understand is it's kind of just uh, caloric warfare at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just like there's certain aspects of there's certain aspects of it that are, are really just in place. So I can purely just get the calories in. Right.
0: What the things with people asking you?
1: No, just uh, about like, you know, nutrient timing and uh, just some of the different like foods and, and using liquid calories and things in certain instances and different meals and stuff. And I, and I said, you know, my answer is that it's not what I would do in a lot of cases with most people, but also a lot of people don't necessarily ever get to the point of eating this much food. So it's kind of an outlier. Yeah. You know? So I, I don't know, think that-
0: I don't know how good this would be, but do you wanna like quickly bang bang out your diet on here for people that didn't see it? Yeah,
1: yeah, actually I can just, uh, I'll just pull it up on here and let me see yeah, I have life. it. That would be a good laugh. <laughs> oh yeah. It's It's fucking hilarious to look at, but it's, uh, all right, let's see. Yeah. I have a training day and a non-training day and, and it's not, okay. So just a disclaimer, I do change some of the foods. I don't eat exactly the same thing. I do rotate some things and just for some palatability, um, is a big issue right now nothing tastes good so that's kind of something i tried to rotate foods and then also just some nutrient variety i don't like i'm still eating fruits and veggies in the diet and i'm getting in so many calories i i would assume that nutrient deficiency is not really any kind of concern Mm. Um, but generally i I would honestly probably eat more fruits and veggies if i was eating less food yeah yeah. Um, just because I can, for one, because of stomach space, and they're also more voluminous. So, um, okay, so I guess the training day this is the macros were 355 protein, uh, 1135 carbs, and 130 grams of fat, and that is. I think if my math's right, it was 7,130 calories, right about.
0: And you track, um, you track macros from all sources as well, don't you?
1: Yeah, so like my my veggies and stuff, I would track the protein and the, you know, so I track everything. Um, so, I mean, if you were just trace tracking trace, it would probably be a little bit less calories by like 6,800 or, you know, whatever. But I mean... It's still, yeah, it's within that range. It's right around 7,000 or so, 7,100. So um, first, and my meals were split up on training days. It was actually four meals, four big meals and a big intra-workout shake. So the intra-workout is so big that it's, it's a meal. You know, it's, it's well over 1,000. It's almost, I don't know, like 1,200 calories or so. Um, and the reason for that is just gastric emptying time. Now I've done a couple different things where I've tried five meals and I've tried six meals. I tried to kind of smaller and eating earlier in the day, like, you know, like right when I get up, start eating type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I've just found, and, and don't get me wrong, the meals that I'm doing now are extremely difficult and they take me a while to eat, but I've just found that this is about the only way that I can get all of the calories in because I have, I'll generally have at least three hours or so between meals. Um, and that allows me to, you know, get the next meal. in. so I did not have success with going higher meal frequency. I just had way too much overlap in meals. So that's, that's kind of why they're set up. But meal one was eight, eight pastured eggs. So for you guys it'd be like, you know, just free rate, like the chickens that roam, I do get, um, most of the eggs here are grain fed, so this would be like a pastured egg instead. Grass fed cheese, so carry gold type cheese for people in the U.S. that probably know that. Um, I do, I just wrote mixed veggie because I'll do different various types of veggies. Um, usually a serving, a couple servings of fruit. In this case, it was applesauce. I find the applesauce goes down for whatever reason. Kind of the packed in fiber in the applesauce seems to digest well and help the bowel regularity, and then that's the whole food. And then I also have a shake with the meal that I basically just washed down the meal with the shake. Um, It was whey isolate, I use MCT oil, I'll use the C8 version, Um, and then cranberry juice. Now, I think on this particular day, I actually blended the eggs into the shake. Um, I, and that's another thing. Someone's like, oh, well, the whole eggs, their bioavailability is not as good. I'm like, I, yeah, I understand. It's not quite as good, but I got to be able to get it down. You know, that's kind of, that's top priority is being able to get it down. So that, yes, I do eat raw eggs pretty regularly. Uh that meal was 80 protein 80 carb 60 fat so your whole day's worth of fat in one meal <laughs> literally my, <laughs> no, <I'm> just, yeah. <laughs> my whole day the
0: fat is 60 grams <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i figured it was probably somewhere around there um that's uh so yeah that's meal one with that meal i'm doing so basically with any meal that's all my meals now, since I do have fat in all the meals, I do, uh, 500 milligrams of d from Jogaro formulas that helps with bile production. So it'll help with fat digestion. I do six caps of betaine HCL with every single meal. So it's a lot of betaine. Um, and they're about 650 milligrams per cap. And all that is, is just for stomach acidity. So I actually noticed that a couple of weeks ago, I was starting to get some reflux, and I knew that it was low acid because of just the amount of food that I was trying to get through my GI tract. So I started increasing betaine, and it went away. So I'm good there. Um, meal two would be just intra-workout, and I say meal two because, like I said, the intra is whey iso, EAAs, and two different carb powders, I mix the carb powders up. I use Hexogen from Morphogen, which has a kind of a blend of different carbs. And then I fill it in with Carbolin. And the reason that I use the blend is just to give me um, kind of a sustained gastric emptying time. I noticed if I went, because I'm doing 250 carbs. I noticed if I went just a straight 250 from say like highly branched cyclic dextrins that I would immediately basically have diarrhea. Yeah. Because it just... The gastric emptying was just too fast, so I had to in a in a lower amount, it probably wouldn't be an issue, but when I get up that high, I start blending them up into different rates. So there's dextrose in there, there's um there's highly branched cyclic dextrose in there, there's carbon in there, um, there's some like deribose in there, I believe, so it's just different speeds. Um, yeah, that intra is sixty five protein. 250 carb and it has one gram of fat. So pretty big meal. I usually sip on that starting about pretty much like five, 10 minutes before the workout. And I normally finish it about three-quarters of the way through. Um post-workout on this day was a shake, and mostly a shake. It was macrogen which is a meal replacement powder has protein carbs and fat a couple blends of some different um micronutrient dense stuff in there collagen protein someone asked me about this i do i do use some unflavored collagen protein in my um in my shake sometimes for one has no flavor it makes this really easy and it helps increase glycine content um which glycine so basically that's kind of what you benefit from, from eating like bones and different tendons and things like that. Glycine to methionine content of the diet. You guys can look that up. I sent someone the link. If anyone wants it, I could probably just comment in the, um, when we post the episode, I can post it. There's some good research on glycine to methionine ratios. Um, so that shake was macrogen, collagen, carbolin, MCT, and then I also ate as Whole Food. I had some fruit, and then I use Haribo gummy bears. So for anyone in the U.S., Haribo's good because they're mainly glucose based and not fructose based. So yeah, same
0: here as well, yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go for the Haribo because they died, like you. Literally, hardly have to chew them. They're not very big. Oh, and you can
0: pretty you much, call them, Harry Boo.
1: Yeah, Hair. Well. Hariboo or haribu yeah i mean either way <laughs> I don't know if that's an American thing. we call it haribo okay well yeah i mean it's so it's probably the same brand then um yeah so shake it sounds it sounds easy because someone said oh you're just drinking a shake it's like you understand how big that shake is to be able to mix it it's it's like a whole so you take your traditional shaker cup which is what like 20 ounces, maybe. It's, excuse me, it's a whole shaker cup full of fucking powder. Just to, to get okay. all the powder in there. How, so how, I have a-
0: Do you just have to put a little bit of water in, shake it, and then a little bit more, shake
1: it? Well, you can do it that way, but I use a double-sized shaker cup that's like a one of those really big shakers. I have Morphogen, um, they make them, so I've got, I have a couple of those really big ones so i i measure all of it out and it's it's like a whole shaker cup full of powder and then i have that big shaker so but with the water and all these shakes i do try to keep the water relatively moderate just because i don't want to water down my gastric juices too much and fill up too much stomach space but on the same token <laughs> the problem i was running into was if i was making the shakes too thick they were so ungodly, disgusting, that I was throwing them up. So I was literally throwing up, trying to drink them. Like, you know that gag reflex when you you drink something and then it, it just, like, projectiles up out of your throat? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So I had to add more water because I was, I was like, I'm going to fucking just puke these up. But the shake, yeah, so that shake post-workout, fruit and haribu, that meal was 80 protein, 300 grams of carbs and 25 fat. I don't even know how many calories that is. Say
0: that, say that again. The,
1: that meal, that meal by itself was 80 protein, 300 grams of carbs and 25 fat.
0: We're legit closing on my daily carb intake now as well.
1: <laughs> it's funny because somebody, somebody messaged me. And they or, or somebody commented on my, my macros, and they said, "Not sure if your carbs are carb count or daily calories." <laughs> or, or, or they said, they said, "You know, you're eating a lot when you have a comma in your carb count."
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, good point. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's funny." Um, so the only thing with that meal that I find is difficult is mainly like the nervous system aspect of it is my hunger is just shot post workout. So yeah, I generally wait, I'll generally wait like 30 minutes or so. And what I'll do with that meal is i normally, I'll normally chug about half the shake. I just basically plug my nose and just chug about half the shake and then I'll wait another, I'll do something else. And I'll wait another 20 minutes and finish the last bit of it. So it takes me about 45 minutes or so to, to have the whole thing. Um, but that would be post-workout. My next meal, so we got two more meals. So the next meal is on this day was I had some ground turkey. It's lean ground turkey, which I don't do a lot of chicken and turkey right now because they just – it just takes too long to digest, but um, I did have ground turkey, and then I had these ranch—they're like ranch-flavored rice cakes. All right, so it's like they are like mini rice cakes. It's just these little small ones. I had a whole entire family bag of them, which is a whole fucking—it's like the size of a bag of family-sized bag of chips. So I ate the whole bag. I've got a
0: diet adjustment for you. Instead of those rice cakes. Um, replace each rice cake with a cookie dealer
1: cookie. So just do cookies instead. Well,
0: have you, have you seen the cookie dealer cookies?
1: No. Are they kind of like, um, have you seen the uh, jumbo Palumbo cookies that they have on Mr. Potts? I think it's called Mr. Potts. They're like 2,500 calories. Never heard of that. Cookie dealer
0: is a company that sponsors mine and Christians podcast and they um, okay. they're half
1: pound cookies. Yeah, they're probably about the same, and they're
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't eat more than one. I eat one and I'm fucked.
1: Yeah, I might need to. I might need to go back. I'm gonna have to revisit that again. The cookies. Oh, yeah. um, Swap the rice now for for some serious biscuit action. The re- and the only reason that I strayed away from those so those other cookies that I were using were pretty good ingredients. Like they were literally like grass fed butter, whey isolate. Like they were quality ingredients. It's just, I was finding that I've had to shift uh, for my whole foods. I've had to shift towards more savory and less sweet because the sweet is what was making me feel sick. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, cause normally I like sweet. So when I'm really hungry, like if I do a refeed and prep, I like sweet, but right now it's hard for me to do it. So yeah, so that was, I'll do the turkey with the large, large bag of rice cake there And then again, another another half of the meal was liquid, which was the macrogen, um, again with collagen, carbolin, and then the uh, the C8 MCT. And I do swap the C8 out with mac nut oil too, because the mac nut mix is good and shakes. Um, And then I had greens powder in that meal as well, Um, in that shake, I should say. And that meal in total was 75 protein. 275 carbs and 25 fat. Yeah, I still have one more to go. <laughs> Last meal of the day was, uh, I, I wrote chicken breast or ground turkey. So this one I had like, I had like a diced, it was like shredded or really like slivers of chicken, kind of like you'd have a, I don't know, like on a shredded chicken sandwich. It was shredded chicken. Um, with rice. So I used Uncle Ben's rice, which is, I don't know if you guys have Uncle Ben's company, pretty yeah. big company. Here. Their rice. Yeah. So just the ready rice version. Um, I just did the, it was just white. I just had a regular white kind. It wasn't anything flavored, but I put um, red, I used red palm oil in that meal as fat. And then I had, um, I can't remember what condiment I have, but I use full sugar, full fat condiments. So I'll use like legitimate. Like Ronnie Coleman style barbecue sauce and shit, because Is why sweet, not?
0: Sweet, well, what was it called?
1: Um, the baby race. Sweet baby race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Because I mean, why wouldn't I use that stuff at this point? It's for if I'm gonna put condiment on the food, it yeah. gives me. Yeah, like I'm not gonna take up space with anything that doesn't have calories. And then, um, and then I had a little bit of Haribo, gummies, and some more fruit in that meal as well. So if you notice, I'm kind of doing, I am, so my meals I'm having, most of the whole, or most of the meals are kind of like a starch type of like whole food. So like a rice or potato type carb, a meat or egg white or something like that. And then the other half is liquid. And that's kind of how I break it down. That last meal was 55 protein, 230 carb, and 19 fat. That was the day.
0: What, that was a training day, wasn't it? Yeah. What are the non-training days like?
1: Um, non-training day macros were 355 protein, uh, 260 carbs, and 225 grams of fat.
0: 225 grams of fat. Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's still, it's still 4,500 calories. So, I mean, and, and to put that into perspective for people, that's 4,500 calories of a, for a completely sedentary person. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm very sedentary. I intentionally put some high rep sets in my training just to get my heart rate up. Do you have any, you know,
0: your average steps on?
1: I can tell you, I can tell you it's probably very low. I have it on my, on my ring. I bet you it's like for a day, I bet you it's like 1500, maybe probably not even. It's probably a thousand.
0: Oh, Cause you've got a big like garden, don't you? That your dogs can run around in.
1: Yeah. My, my backyard is fenced in. So I do go out and play with the dogs. some um, and, uh, you know, but other than that, go out there, walk out to the barn and back and walk up to my mailbox. That's about it. So yeah,
0: I have, to, I have to walk the dog but I clock 10,000 up anyway.
1: Yeah. And that's not anything outrageous. Like, you know, I have a lot of clients that do 10,000 or more, but I'm just, my energy expenditures at the expense of more food at this point.
0: So i quite, I'm quite liking this episode, just being on your diet, to be honest, like, I'm quite interested. So, where where are you going to go from here?
1: I don't know. I so that right now, luckily, this last couple of weeks, I've actually been ticking up in weight, which I'm extremely happy about. You know what I mean. I don't haven't had to do anything else. What's your um, sort of average rate of gain? Um, depending on the month, it, it has varied a little bit, but. Um, I think like last month, I'd only, I only gained about two pounds and this month I've gained about four. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good wedge. And your body
0: composition still looks solid as well.
1: Yeah. And four, four pounds really, really deep into an off season is actually kind of quick. Um, But considering the way my photos looked, I thought it was all right. You know, so I wasn't too worried about it. Um, I just, I just cut kind of rolling with it. And it was one of those things where I I kind of took it where I could get it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to slow it down when I'd been struggling to eat so much. Yeah, so it makes sense. If, if you can get some weight gain
0: now rather than get stalled later, then you know, you want to take it.
1: Yeah. And, and two, I think it's important just think about how much food and fluid and electrolytes are going in and out on a regular basis. Like there's so much room for fluctuation. You know, it's like how much the food that you eat weighs (laughs) just the, yeah, just like the sheer volume that's going in and out. And then not only that, but fluid and electrolyte retention moving in and out of the muscle and subcutaneous and all that. Like it's, it's just massive amount of fluctuation. So, I mean, I always, always look at averages but um
0: yeah and I think people sometimes don't think about that when you add food and I've added half a kilo it's like what like 500 grams you're probably eating more than 500 grams more food right
1: right yeah 100 percent it's there's no doubt about it food Um,
0: something you know
1: oh yeah yeah it, it does and and it's so what was interesting to me is that I kept gaining I kept gaining at a pretty good pace, or well not well, I kept gaining something, at least, even though my food kind of shifted a little more towards liquid and powder. So that that was cool to see. Uh, but, yeah. that's a big mod you know, in the right direction. Right. Um but yeah, this, so the non training days, same kind of deal. Like non training days, I do four to five meals. It depends on the day and it depends on so if, if I wake up and I have even a little bit of hunger in the morning, which I normally don't. But if I get like that morning hunger, sometimes I'll go ahead and start eating early. I think, okay, taking advantage of this, I'm going to get a fifth meal in today. And I can just <clears throat> spread my total macros out over five it's meals. That a way. Free meal at the minute. Or are you just worried? Yeah, was- I did. <laughs> So I normally would do free meals most weeks but the problem that I was finding was I was losing weight on all of those days because generally with a free meal you kind of eat by feel right you would just eat until you're content yeah and well I'm content so early in the meal that I'm going to eat like 5 or 600 calories in that meal
0: yeah yeah that that was my point I imagine because your hunger's shot, you kind of go think,
1: I can't right. really eat And time. I don't really have, yeah, I just don't really have like any desire for any type of free meal. But we do, like occasionally we will if there's something we, some type of like social thing we need to do. But um, last week I just did, I went to McDonald's just for shits and giggles. I wanted to see what would happen if I ate like how many chicken nuggets I could eat. Eat the whole menu. Well, I ate, 40 chicken nuggets and a large, yeah, it was a lot. I'm sure there's, there's people on here that are listening that could eat way more, but keep in mind, I wasn't hungry even before I started. Do
0: you know what? Christian could eat 40 chicken nuggets.
1: Yeah. I don't think 40, I mean, 40 is a lot, but I'm sure there's people I could definitely eat weight, like probably 80 of them, but you know, did 40 chicken nuggets, a large fry and a fruit punch um, but, but again, like one of the other things you got to keep in mind is I also don't want to wreck my digestion. Cause if I do that, then I can't eat my next meal, you know? So it's kind of one of those things where it's very delicate. Like you don't want to mess up your digestion early in the day. And then you can't even eat your next, however many meals you need to eat.
0: You, do you think you're going to start to push carbs up on
1: brain days? The non-training days, I can, yeah, I think I can push them up a little more. Um, I have, I, I well, I actually have some because, so last, the end of the last phase before I, I pulled back and did a mini cut, I was, um, heaviest weight I hit, I think was 244 pounds. I was eating 70, about about the same on training days, but I was eating about 500 calories less on the non-training days. So, effectively, I'm at about 1,500 calories more per week uh, right now. But That's I'm... Because I remember I
0: remember at the end of your last phase, you were really struggling, but you seem to be doing able to eat more now. Why do you think that is?
1: I don't know if I'm able to eat more or if I've just figured out kind yeah, of um the skill of just dealing with it, I suppose. Yeah. It's really hard. I don't even know how to explain it. Like I don't like to I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, but the days are very difficult. Like it's 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 almost it's mental. Like it's mental warfare to because the thing is I try not to think about it too much because the meals will give me anxiety. They're just like that's why I started doing a lot of the some of the liquid is I just fucking plug my nose and and just chug it down. And I stopped doing like on a lot of my powders I stopped using flavored carbs and like flavor and like the collagens that I added and the and the carbolin and all that's unflavored and because I notice anything too stimulating makes makes me nauseous, you know? Um so like last night with my last meal part of the last meal was literally way isolate I had whey isolate, I added 20 grams of collagen protein, and I added 100 grams of carbolin, and I mixed it in like eight ounces of water, which is hardly, you know, it was like mud mixing all that in there. And I just plugged my nose and I chugged it. So literally I just chugged, I chugged like 700 extra calories that I didn't have to chew and eat. Is this
0: degree of metabolic adaptation did you see this also when, when you were younger? Because you started bodybuilding so long ago. Was this something that you battled with back then?
1: Yeah, yeah, always to some extent, but I don't know that I don't know that I ever fully realized like how far I was gonna have to push the food to get and I think part of it now is I'm I'm past where I genetically am meant to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you're pushing it past that. that so, but it was all. There was always a large gap between like contest prep and um, off-season eating, and then cardio always changed a lot. But, but I think there's other variables now. Like obviously, like amount of muscle mass, I think matters, of course. And then just um, just the fact that it's kind of like you, you, well, you know how it is, right? You, every time you you do a gaining phase, it's really easy to get to that one weight where you really have to, you yeah. have to push a little bit more to get past it. Right. Yeah. And that's, and now I'm just at a point where it's like, well, I just have to push even that much harder to continue to, to get that. But the way I look at it is, well, I ended this gaining phase six pounds heavier than the last gaining phase and about the same condition eating about the same food.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because I think the question people are uh, listening to, this, they're probably going, oh, well, if it sucks so bad, why don't you just pull back for a while and go again? And I think, well, you know, because you're going to end up here anyway, and you're going to have to do it at some point,
1: and you're just delaying it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, and it's not like, in almost all the other variables have stayed relatively similar. So the only other thing, I'm thinking like, um, a food. yeah, food's close to the same. My my actual markers in terms of like blood glucose and all those all that shit's almost exactly the same. So effectively I've gotten I've PR'd on most of my lifts over what I was because when I'm looking at PRs in the lifts, I'm looking at where not just PRing like in this this mesocycle, but PRing versus my last push up. You know what I mean? Like not like actually getting stronger as a whole, not just getting stronger in this cycle itself. Um, so all the lifts were up at least a little bit. The food was about the same. The weight was up another six pounds, nothing else. Like there wasn't like a large shift in like supplementation or something in there that would have changed, you know what I mean? Wasn't anything like that. So <clears throat> I figured six pounds there, I had to have gained at least a little bit more muscle.
0: Oh, yeah. I for visually, you visually yeah. look bigger than last time. I think it's pretty obvious to look at you. Because six pounds is a lot, you know, when you consider it's actual tissue, and it shows visually. I mean, Callum yeah. sent, sent me that message the other day with your diet. He was like, man, Austin's actually fucking huge.
1: <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 hard. it's hard for me, too, because you always – Now that I'm in this weight range, like you have, you start having different expectations and you start. And plus, I've done good at regional shows and all that shit for a long, a long time. And I want to move up and compete. And, you know, I did a couple national shows now and want to move up and compete higher against these guys. And it's like, I fucking see some of these guys that weigh fucking 200 pounds. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why do they look so big?
0: have them bubbly kind of it
1: is crazy I, I know, but um but yeah, I feel like and I, I, and other people notice it, and I've actually had some photos and things that I think it's kind of irrefutable that I'm actually gaining muscle, so I feel good about that as long as there's, as long as there's a reward, I think it's it's good because otherwise I would I wouldn't train the way that I do, and I wouldn't eat the way that I do. Yeah. Like, I don't.
0: There's no yet. point. So you know, you know, cows about two ninety-five. Um, yeah,
1: he's eating like three thousand calories, literally about like, three thousand four hundred. Well, if he's listening, I don't like him. Tell him. <laughs> tell him I'm very jealous. <laughs> I don't know if he listens to OPD. Maybe there's a fuck. <laughs> it sucks. Like it, it, does. it does. It does really suck. And at times, I think, at times, I kind of get that little bit of. Uh, that little bit of pity feeling in there where I'm like, fuck, why do I have to eat this much and be fucking miserable all the time? Yeah. That, do you know It
0: comes with experience that the reflection of uh, what a blessing it is to not have to eat a lot. Cause you know, if it was i I'd love to be able to eat that much. You go, no, you don't. Like again, me and Cal had that conversation. He was like, how good is it that I'm gaining at such low calories? Like I'm super hungry, but how good is that? I'm like, exactly. Like that's what an experienced bodybuilder would say. Like, cause. Right how much yeah. time do we have to move? Maybe your, your appetite dies at what, 6,000 calories. Well, we've still got two and a half thousand left to escalate through when we get stuck. You
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, that's a great place to be in. It's, and I try to tell my clients that too. And they, because they look at my diet and stuff and it, it's cool. Like it is crazy to look at on paper, you know, and it's kind of an anomaly and people are like, Holy fuck. And but it's not cool in real life. (laughs) It's not, it's not something that you want to have to do on a regular basis. And it's different. Like I could, I could eat 7,000 calories after a a contest prep or something. when I'm hungry, but that's not really, it's not really the same thing. Like, you know, people load for shows, like they do some huge backload where they eat like 1200 calories, right? These little, some of these guys that weigh like 150 pounds, but that's a whole different ballgame basically how i would explain it is think of when you have a think of when you have like a stomach virus and you feel nauseous all the time and even the smell of food makes you sick so yeah, exactly. that's kind that's kind of what it's like now think of feeling kind of like that but then having to eat seven thousand calories all the time <laughs>
0: The time it is like, imagine, you know, when you got food poisoning your stomach turns at the thought of food, Imagine yeah. over 24 hours, but you have to eat foods. That, like you don't even get to choose food that you'd like to eat either. You just right. demand.
1: Yeah. You just have to, you have to eat it. So that's, you know, so that's kind of in a nutshell, I know I didn't go through the whole non-training day, but I eat kind of similar foods. I increase fats. I do add in some variety of fats in there. Um, Different, I'll add in, like, macadamia nut oils, red palm oil. I'll use some good olive oils. Different things get some monounsaturated fats. Um, but generally the fats, or I'm sorry, generally the diets designed around nutrient variety, but also just practicality. You know? Um, yeah. What was interesting is I had that, remember I had that calcium score done? Yeah, um, it wasn't yeah i had a calcium score done during my last push-up phase which calcium score is more of an accumulative thing right over time you're not going to just build up arterial plaque like in a in a month mm. but i you know having done a lot of different off seasons with high food and stuff this one being the highest um like yeah calcium score was still zero so we'll do those again every couple years year two and see how it looks um but yeah that's that's what it is it's fu- it's so far from glamorous it's not <laughs> it's it's not enjoyable funny thing about this is that
0: you know before long you'll be on prep and we'll be back on here and i'll say austin once you die and you'll go like like just a chicken breast and some salad at each meal you know <laughs>
1: yeah I just feel like I had four almonds yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. It's uh that's that sucks, but I having done both, this is worse.
0: Oh yeah, but, but then when you're in the prep, you think,
1: oh, I wish I could do that again. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I could I think I could easily I could can comfortably say that this is definitely worse. And just for the simple fact that it's I don't know. I can prep. I can stand being hungry. That part kind of sucks. The main part in prep is really just like the fatigue towards the end. You know, that's kind of worse than anything. Yeah. Um, I think the fatigue in the later stages is more difficult than the food, at least, at least for me. But the, uh, this is a whole different, this is a whole different animal because you're almost eating so much that you're fatigued anyhow. And I don't know.
0: Yeah. Talk a bit about that because that's quite an interesting concept because like we said before we started recording, like it is like expenditure, isn't it? A form of expenditure having to digest food, like your GI going mm-hmm. up in capacity all the time. Like one overnight sleep isn't
1: enough to reset that. No, no, it's not. So you, I, I think that people don't necessarily realize that at certain points, kind of the extremes of off-season are also equally stressful in your body because it's very heavy weights, it's very heavy food, right? Now, they're different the, in terms of your nervous system. They're opposite functions, right? You know, one's sympathetic, one's parasympathetic. But it's that's, like, kind of the, why it's difficult to figure out how to time my meals, like how far to space my meals. I have to be able to go out and train, like, how the fuck are you supposed to eat one of those meals and then go out and train with hundreds yeah. of pounds?
0: And it's like, how long can you train for? Because you are eating another meal then. Although I know you do an
1: intra-workout, but still, you know. Well, and that's another thing. That extra workout that's a lot to go down. <laughs> yeah. Whilst performing a high-intensive activity as well. Right. And that's – so really, like, it seems simple. It all seems – it seems like there's simplicity to it. Eat a lot of food. Like it's eat a lot in a calorie surplus. It's train really heavy and it's progress in the training. But if you really look at the totality of what I'm doing, it's all for a specific reason. I'm training lower volume for a specific reason, right? I'm training, I'm eating certain foods for a specific reason. I'm eating certain meal frequency for that reason. I'm doing like everything fits that narrative just in a, just to allow me to get it all done pretty much.
0: Is that one of the reasons you moved away from the, the AB split and started to split body parts up a bit more?
1: Uh, no, the only reason I really did that was because I wanted to put, I wanted to give a little bit more frequency uh, towards my back and my um, arms. Have you got that? that was,
0: what's that? How have you got that set up then? Are you doing like a couple of pull days and then like a push and legs down?
1: Oh, I can tell you what it is. I have it right here in my notes. It's um and what I'll do is I'll kind of I'll kind of shift that frequency at times, kind of like that nonlinear doing where you're giving period of more frequency towards and then your other muscle groups are kind of maintenance volume. Um let's see. Exactly what I'm doing at the minute yeah yeah, right that's what that's what I'm saying it's kind of in in a way I'm kind of comparing it to that because um, I won't run the same split the whole time um, so the split okay stick with me here so the split's actually five days, but it's four days of training so my weeks would go one two three four the next week would be, five, one, two, three, the next week would be four, five, one, two. See what I mean? Just keeps rotating through in order.
0: Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Just keeps rotating through an order. Yep. And so that, that way I hit every single day, a certain amount of times per, per basically per four weeks. Um, the days are just <clears throat> push day, lower body day, Pull day. Um, day four is all leg work, which is all, which is just like extension type shit. And then fifth day is back and arms. So
0: okay, yeah, I'll see how that fits in. Just up in the frequency yeah. back then.
1: Yep. So back frequency gets hit, and then arms get hit. So triceps get hit on the push day and that biceps get hit on the pull day. And then arms get hit on the secondary back day.
0: Mm. Okay. That sounds like a fun split.
1: Yeah. And then with the back, I split it with a, uh, a, I'll basically start with like a posterior chain type of movement. And another day I'll start with a rowing movement, heavier rowing movement. And then, there's some secondary work in there for upper back, rhomboids, terry slats, all that shit. So um got a couple of new machines coming too. So hopefully that'll
0: uh, ah, upgrade in the bond gym. What'd you get?
1: I got a leg curl, leg extension combo machine. So the arm actually swivels on a pin and you can do both on the machine. So I'm excited about that one. Um it's a plate-loaded machine too. So what's cool about that is you can hook like bands and shit to it to change the resistance curve on it because of where the weight's loaded at. I uh, yeah, so, move the weight around the axes, yeah. Yeah, so that'll be – I think that'll be really useful. Um, I've had to, I've had to change the leg training up a little bit just because I was finding it really difficult to do – a like a quad dominant movement and then a hamstring dominant movement back to back like a heavy movement like a squat followed by an RDL because it was just too much CNS fatigue so I'm going to try to so basically now I'll have I'll start out with my primary movement and then I'll have some secondary movements after that that are at least a little less loading, or now I can do a single joint movement, like an actual leg curl, leg extension. So, you know, you can still progressively overload those things, but the amount of actual CNS fatigue is a lot less.
0: Yeah, for sure. Oh. Give you a little bit more. and that, that could even help, like you're eating, you get some workload density done quick on something that isn't gonna blaze, like sympathetic tones you eating
1: would be a little bit easier, you know? You yeah, you just can't, Like, I can't go into a leg workout with, let's say I have only four movements in there. If I go in and I do a quad dominant squat and then an RDL and then a leg press and then a fucking whatever else, like, you're fucked. You can't do all that in one, all back to back like that. Yeah, yeah. Not with that kind of intensity and load. You know, I could do it, but I wouldn't be able to train for a week. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: so, yeah, so yeah, so leg volumes recently. Yeah, it's and well, and you know too because you're doing more leg volume. I'm sure you're not. You're you're doing some single joint movements in there to fill in that volume. You have to be.
0: Yeah, all, all my hamstrings, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's coming, and then the second machine is a. Just a 45 degree hyperextension, you know, little, little hyperextension thing, platform.
0: Essential piece, man.
1: Well, it's a great machine because it's great posterior chain in you know, the erectors, but also you can you can alter glue kind of ham raise too, if you bend your knees in there
0: mm-hmm. and
1: lower, and just bend your knees and just lower the lower the pad all the way down
0: yeah yeah
1: so yeah so that'll be <clears throat> put those two machines in should be pretty good i'm happy with it it works it's obviously it's working good enough
0: <laughs> yeah are you planning to keep extending the gym
1: i could probably put a couple more things in there if i wanted in terms of space like i'm kind of particular in what i'm getting just because of the the space right like i want i want them to serve an important purpose or at least have or maybe be like multifunctional so the leg like the leg curl leg extension was a good addition for that reason
0: yeah the belt squat the hack squat as
1: well isn't it yeah the belt squat was a fantastic um investment because i do i can do all kinds of shit on that yeah yeah um it works for all kinds of stuff like i do i do like three different movements every week on it so what are you doing
0: i'm guessing you do rdls on there Um,
1: yeah you can do rdls um and then you can do um rows rowing movements i use so i use mag handles you know what the mag handles are yeah 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 so i have some different mag handles i'll use the mag handles on there for a row um and then i also use um i use it for i can any type of squatting movement you know you can do like different stances and things. And I've been doing for quads, which are absolutely brutal, is those somersault squats that we were talking about with Joe Daniels. Yeah,
0: they are killer. I think, I think the first person I saw talking about that was Dr. Scott, you know.
1: May have been, yeah. Well, which I've, he could have been talking about them. I know Joe was talking about him like 10 years ago. Yeah, they are savage. Oh, at, dude! My I did them. I did them yesterday. My legs, my quads were so blown up that I couldn't even bend my my knee back at all, like yeah. to flex my hamstring. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. But they're uh, zero. But yeah. So good. Couple good additions coming, uh, just to keep revamping the training a little bit. I'm always learning. Just trying to figure out what I can, you know, recovery, right? That's, I mean, that's a big part of it, just trying to figure out where my volume threshold's at, which I basically know at this point, um, but also trying to be selective on movements to get a lot of the movements, but also get, get a lot of return out of them and not just a lot of CNS fatigue you yeah, know
0: so in terms of like more internal focus and improved execution you mean
1: yeah because you like there's certain movements that you can move a lot of weight but i feel like you also accumulate so much fatigue that i don't know if the return is always worth it or if there's something that you should do all the time like for me that movement's deadlifts off the floor yeah for sure i just i can do them and see kind of the way that i <laughs> Kind of the way that I am is that I'm, I'm good at grinding reps, right, towards the end of those sets, so which is good and bad because it's, it's good because I can get extra reps, but it's bad because I can accumulate a shitload of fatigue. And on something like a deadlift, you can grind reps all day, you know. So mm. same on squats. Like I don't – like I like squats because they suit my structure, but when I do squats, I don't pause, right? I don't, except for maybe like my last rep, I might take a big, deep breath. But I try not to stand up at the top. Like you see some of these people do, they look like breathing squats. Like they fucking pause for three seconds in between every rep.
0: Yeah, I've just I've just gone through that on some execution page <sighs> with a client. It becomes a giant
1: rest-pause set. I'm like, I'm like, shit, if I did that, I could squat for fucking five minutes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, just trying to figure out. I think it's something that changes too as you get stronger. We've talked about that. Just figuring out what um, what movements you're going to get the most bang for your buck for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's all stuff that you don't really realize when you're a novice because it's, if you're a novice and you progressively overload on pretty much anything, it'll work. You know. So. Yeah,
0: and and if like you, you know. Just simply adding volume, that's not efficacious, you know. So you gotta think, how can I progressively overload in other ways?
1: All right. Yeah. And I haven't added any volume. So my in or basically the extent of periodization has been I progressively overload until I overreach and then I take days off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um it's a very rudimentary way to do it, but it works for me and it allows me to basically expend the least amount of calories. (laughs) So that's, and that's kind of high priority right now. In an ideal world, I would probably eat less food and I would maybe um, actually move my volume around a little bit and training block, but I just, it's just not practical. Like I'm not going to eat any more than I absolutely have to. So, yeah, that's where we're that's where we're at right now. It's uh, lots see of fun. The all the way up to 275, man. Yeah, I know. I posted my 250 picture of my scale this morning. It said 250, and then of course it's like, oh well, I guess 275. I don't know. I don't know if my uh, I'm gonna have to fucking hire a plumber for that. Get over here and service my toilet. You need a plumber for your GI. Dude, I, I I would love to just fast for like a week
0: you could do RFL and get shredded
1: yeah I probably I probably could. I mean I don't know I don't know what would happen if I just dropped to I could probably just drop like straight to 1500 calories just go for it
0: well it's an easy easy way to sort of do a little mini cat and it? you could just sort of straight up RFL it for like 10 days.
1: That's all I did last time. I just basically pulled a bunch of calories out quick. And then I just, once I got to where I wanted to be, I basically just stood there for a little while just to let my, you know, blood glucose and everything reset. And I pushed back up.
0: Yeah. Whenever I hit that point in this phase, I'm just going to drop to like protein only okay, for like 10 days and then I'll be fine go again.
1: Yeah. It's easy to do. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not difficult to do, but I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. I'm I'm literally just gonna keep going until I mentally can't handle it anymore.
0: <laughs> you'll be you'll end up in like psych ward. It's like, <laughs> like overrated to the point of like um, psychosis.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I now people are like, how what's your, you know, how far are you gonna go? I'm I don't fucking know. I don't know until until you break yeah till till i have a mental break that i'd even need better you see you on the news like man goes crazy after eating 400 <laughs> cookies i i was just looking up fucking competitive eaters on on youtube like shit i need to take some lessons
0: yeah i'll watch a few of them it's crazy how um like cuz christian was showing me them um some of the, like their techniques and stuff that they use and how they a swap between flavors and stuff like that is just
1: nuts well and that's what i was i was i'm trying to learn a little bit more about is also palatability that's why i've been switching my foods is because my palate it's so incredible how how my palate just well i was just talking about how how my palate has changed so much, mm. you know, it's like, normally there's things I could eat a lot of calories pretty easily. Um, like the cookies and things like that, but I just can't, I, I can eat like two bites and I feel sick, you know? Yeah. So the palate thing I found the less least savory stuff works a little bit better because it's less stimulating than sweet. Um, and for powders, I'm doing a lot less flavored stuff. So like I use a lot of the unflavored, um a lot of the unflavored powders, which are kind of nasty, but I just chug them down anyhow. Doesn't really matter. And um I almost avoid flavor. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like that just because it's and it's even smells sometimes. Like, so if I'm really, if I just eat a meal, if uh Jared is cooking something and it, and it has like a very, it's very aromatic and it has a lot of smells. I, I it makes you sick to smell it.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I but, th- sorry, go, go ahead. On no i just i'm just rambling about tastes of food
0: yeah i mean i find that super interesting that you you're trying to make things like almost like taste neutral cuz yeah you don't want to taste anymore it's almost like you just don't want to eat but you rather act of just swallowing stuff you know
1: yeah so it's it's uh if everything tastes like water i i could i'd be all right you know what i mean mm. <laughs> it, yeah it, it, It would just be, it would just be fine. That's kind of like I said. That's why I've been doing a lot of the powders and stuff. I just do unflavored because like the carb powders, unflavored and stuff aren't very bad. They taste and don't really have a lot of flavor, so they're pretty easy. Yeah. Um, The the food, the food's the tough. Like the whole food is the tough part. Uh, Some of, (laughs) you know, you know Ben Hartman is from Morphogen, owns Morphogen. He told me. He said, "If I like savory, I should just start hammering like salt and vinegar chips." I was like, just eat, like a whole.
0: I was just thinking, bro, like, I could just eat crisps all day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> could you imagine? I'd, I'd by the end of week one, I'd have a hole burnt in the side of my mouth. Yeah. From you, you, you get a fuck. <laughs> <down>. Right. <laughs> uh,
0: just That's a funny. bag of like. A massive bag of cheese and onion though, or like smoky bacon, man, I could eat that forever.
1: Yeah, I do. I notice the salt salty isn't too bad. I can kind of, if I go kind of salty and savory, I'm not, it's not too bad. As long as I don't go too salty. Cause then, um, then I have to drink too much water. Um, but, but yeah, that's, I noticed that. So like I've been doing some of my carbs from, uh, I'll do my air fryer of one of the air fryers, and I'll do like plain French fries, but they're just like cut potatoes, basically. And we'll do them in the air fryer, and I put a little bit of vinegar on them, mm. and like, and then just add my salt to it. Like that, I can I can pound it down and get it all in. Um, but yeah, it's a it's an interesting kind of conundrum. I'm still trying to figure out what's the best way to uh, get food in. So if there's any phlebotomists out there that want to put an IV port it in me. Is. Glucose in one arm, amino acid in the other. Um, I'm telling you, man, I would, I'd
0: be pretty tempted to do it at this point. Yeah, well, it's got to be easier than, you know, you could just sit and do your check-ins while pounding in a thousand grams of like, glucose. I
1: feel like, I feel like, too, since I'm not really fat, I could, I feel like there's a lot more. I could probably make it to 275 if I had an IV. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Just 24-7, though. Fuck, the carbs are going to 2000, fuck 1000.
1: But it would be, and it would be easier on your GI tract because it'd be straight to the bloodstream.
0: Yeah. Do you know what? I bet, I bet someone somewhere has done that peak week to get no like
1: GI distension. I'm I fucking well because you can get those for people that have to get IVs a lot they have those ports like those little rubber or plastic ports that they can leave in your arm yeah yeah I, I probably couldn't train with it very well though that'd probably be pretty dangerous to do it's worth it I might try it worth if there's it. anyone listening that that can uh administer that let me know yeah <laughs> I wonder if you actually get a message Maybe, I might. <laughs> anyway, that'd, be a, that'd be a good experiment.
0: We'll round it off there. Um, that was a that was a really insightful episode, I think, because it's the side of maybe the growth phases that some people never get to and never see. And some people, and I know people have been interested in Austin's diet, so we, it was cool to get that in an episode. Bro.
1: Yeah, hopefully they don't have to do it
0: yeah I'm quite happy with
1: my um with my like four thousand calories man I just roll out yeah. Um, yeah that's like that's what I tell the clients is if you can if you can grow without having to do that that's that's the way to go for sure um but yeah
0: guys thanks for listening please uh check out the sponsors in the show notes below um please tag us on your instagram if you're listening to this tag me and austin in there um And yeah, thanks for listening. As always, if you've got any questions, topics that you'd like us to cover, send either one of us a message and and we'll get that done. And we appreciate you all listening and we'll see you all next week. Thank you.